0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville. I'm your host, Stan McCune, realtor here in Greenville, South Carolina. We are doing episode 51 this week, 51 episodes. We had a a fun little episode last week, 50, uh, with some lessons that I've learned. It coincided with uh, my fifth anniversary in real estate, which actually um, I Downplayed that how the closely the timing was to my 35th birthday, which happened last week. Um, but actually, I found out that uh, my fifth anniversary with C Dan Joyner Realtors, which is the company I've been with the entire time I've been a, a realtor, that actually did happen last week. So, um, so a lot of things happened last week. I was very excited about that. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about timing the market in today's episodes. Timing the real estate market. Uh, But before we get into that, a little bit of housekeeping, as we always do. Uh, Please go ahead and give the show a rating or a review if you've not already done that. Please go ahead and subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. And if you need a realtor, or if you just want to shoot the breeze with me, talk, discuss some ideas, discuss uh, this podcast, all of my contact information is in the show notes. I will reply to everyone that reaches out to me. If you don't hear from me, it probably means you've perhaps sent me an email that went into my spam or something like that, Um, please make sure that you reach out to me. I respond to everyone uh, at all times. I was actually on vacation last week. Um, I got multiple clients under contract while I was on vacation. I was setting up showings. Yes, I have systems in place to make sure that even when I'm out of town, I can still help my clients. That is the way I roll I'm not the type of person to turn off my phone and just decide. You know what? People are just gonna have to live without me. Listen, real estate is a 24/7 business. I get that, um, and I embrace that, and uh, and that's just the way it works. And of course, I enjoy what I do, which uh, which helps quite a bit. But we're talking about aside from the fact that all of my contact information is in the show notes, you're here listening because you want to hear about timing the market, right? And this is a question. Uh, that I get from time to time from usually from novice investors um, but also from from people that haven't bought and sold a lot of, of properties and occasionally I'll hear it from someone uh, who is pretty savvy but is is perhaps trying to be a little bit savvier than they should be. Um, how to time the real estate market specifically, how can we buy low and then, Sell high, and and typically when people talk in those terms, they are trying to approach the real estate market similarly to how the stock market works. Now, I always have to be careful when I have this discussion or when I talk about these types of things because I am not a financial counselor, I'm a I, a financial planner. Um, I can't assist you with that legally. I cannot assist you with financial planning. Don't ask me. Hey. What's my best strategy? Should I keep this money in a 401k or should I invest it in real estate? I'm sorry, I can't do that. There are professionals out there that are licensed that can do that. That's not what I'm going to do. Um, And and so I will hedge what I'm about to say with that. I'm not a financial planner. Talk to your financial planner, your financial advisor for specifics on your strategy. But I can say this, in my experience, uh, there is a major difference between purchasing real estate and now I understand there's a lot of different models for purchasing, uh, for purchasing real estate, and there are some models that are similar to the stock market. I'm talking about actually buying a property, in one way or another. There is a difference between buying property and how that works versus buying ownership in a company, buying stocks on the stock market, and the primary difference, at least in terms of this discussion, is that a house value a property value cannot artificially grow or plummet in value overnight in the same way that stocks can outside of some really really major macroeconomic event happening such as uh you know like a war for instance like if we had a Pearl Harbor type of situation um then that would impact real estate, right? That would impact real estate overnight. But outside of something like that, or outside of of a recession that is directly tied into real estate, that's what we had in 2008, 2009, and, and several years following. That was a real estate recession. That was because of, uh, of uh, what lenders were doing, specifically with regard to mortgages, and mortgage-backed securities and all of that—we've talked about that in the past. That was a real estate recession. We had a little recession in 2020, thanks to COVID. That did not hurt real estate. Yes, we saw an immediate, uh, somewhat of an immediate response in March, where things slowed down for a couple of weeks, and then it immediately bounced back up. And pretty much every real estate company had record years in 2020 here in the Upstate. So. Even though 2020 experienced a bit of a recession, it did not impact real estate. Real estate is different uh, when it comes to recessions and when it comes to uh, to these types of, of macroeconomic things versus stocks. Stocks can, uh, as anyone knows, stocks fluctuate on a day-to-day basis. This is why you have uh, day traders, why people are big Uh, into day trading some people make a lot of money doing that some people lose a lot of money doing that I have no idea I don't know anything about day trading so again I'm not a financial advisor and I don't do day trading maybe I should maybe I shouldn't I don't know I understand real estate that's what I do well so I'm I'm, I try to double down on what I do well rather than dabbling in a a bunch of things poorly but I I do know I I remember this just because it's kind of a funny thing and and um I listen to the Joe Rogan Experience podcast every now and then. Um, it's long, so it, it's good for a, a nice long drive. And I listened recently to he just uh, we're recording this in the middle of February of 2021. Uh, he just re-interviewed Elon Musk, who he's interviewed in the past, and they shared a little bit of a joke um, as they uh, you know busted out some alcohol. I don't know if it, it was bourbon or whiskey or something, and um, Joe Rogan joked with Elon about how in a previous episode they had smoked marijuana uh, on Joe Rogan's stage there. Well, when that happened, immediately Tesla's stock started plunging. People, I don't know why. I don't know why people thought, you know, maybe they thought that Elon Musk was gonna go to jail for that. I mean, listen, a guy like Elon Musk is not going to go to jail because he puffed, you know, some weed. That that's simply not gonna happen. Um, but that's the volatility that you have in the stock market. The dude on, uh, on a podcast, which of course they, they do have video that they, that they air of it, but he just, he, he just took a little puff uh, of, uh, you know, of a drug that is, you know, technically illegal in a lot of places, uh, or technically, uh, a banned substance in a lot of places. And because of that, his company, uh, stocks dropped immediately, and and uh, smart people at that moment went and bought a bunch of Tesla stocks and and made a lot of money. Well, listen, that is not what happens in real estate. That is not the way the real estate market is. So you can't take that same buy low, sell high approach in real estate. It, it just it doesn't work. Things take usually a lot more time in real estate for the market to adjust. You don't see instantaneous adjustments you don't see overnight adjustments outside of of very unusual like once or twice in a lifetime type of events like we've already talked about like a Pearl Harbor type of event like a Great Recession type of event but even if you look at the Great Recession that happened in 2008-2009 yes that was when it hit right the Great Recession started uh, around that time period but here in the upstate, we didn't really see the real estate market completely bottom out until probably around 2011. There are a few different ways to um, to look at that. But I would argue, just based on the, on the data that I've looked at, um, it was probably around 2000, towards the middle to the end of 2011. So it was years if you really wanted to buy at the bottom of the market. That wasn't in two thousand nine. That was actually more in this area, at least in the Greenville, Upstate, South Carolina area, around two thousand eleven. So again, it is. It's just. It's not apples to apples. Uh, We have to be careful with timing the market. And and here, if you're wondering where I'm going with this, I am going to caution you against timing the market. Um, in real estate i don't like it when people try to time the market i don't i don't think it's fruitful but i do have uh some ideas about uh how to think about it in in more of a of an appropriate way from a real estate t- standpoint and the way i think about it i'm not trying to time the market to buy low and sell high that's that's really difficult um from the standpoint of Waiting for the market to flip, right? We're in a seller's market. We've been in a seller's market for a really long time. If you are waiting for a buyer's market to come around so that you can start to to buy low and then hold on to it for when it flips back to a seller's market and then sell high, you're going to be waiting a long time and then uh, for the buyer's market to come around, and then you're probably going to sell much sooner than you should theoretically for the seller's market to come around. I mean you know, I I thought it was a crazy seller's market just a few years ago. And 2020 just completely blew everything out of the water. One of my early clients in 2020, um, when COVID was happening, right at the very beginning, you know, in March was like, hey, is is this about to flip to a buyer's market? And I was like, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, I don't think so. I don't see that happening. Um, and you can listen to it was around that time that this podcast started. You can listen to some of those early episodes uh, where I was perhaps working out some of the kinks of, of my audio and whatnot. Uh, but you can listen to some of the early episodes of this podcast where I discussed. Uh, I, don't, I don't really think that this is going to flip to a buyer's market. Not only did it not flip to a buyer's market, it doubled down on a seller's market, which is driven, as we discussed in the past, a lot by uh, what happened, uh, you know, when the Fed. Uh, made changes that resulted in mortgage rates going down. So again, it's very difficult to time the market on a macro level. A better approach when it comes to real estate is to think about the market, the real estate market in terms of trends, specifically in terms of trends like appreciation. Now, we, we talk about home value, property value appreciation a lot on this podcast because that is a very very important consideration. That is a very, very important factor. The reason why in, in the US, a lot of people, their, their most valuable asset is their house is because there is this assumption that their home value is going to appreciate. Now, there are some parts of the country, a lot of parts of the country, where uh, homes do not appreciate um, at, the, at the level of inflation or greater than other ways that you can invest that money. In the upstate, we have been blessed at least since uh, 2011, 2012. Home values have appreciated uh, in a lot of areas and at a lot of price points much better than uh, even a a lot of other uh, options in the stock market and whatnot, things that you can do with your money In terms of of stock trading, in terms of 401ks and whatnot, for a lot of people, their home values are out appreciating those things. And for sure, their homes are out appreciating uh, the inflation rates almost across the board. We talked about that. There was an episode way back when, I don't even remember the episode number, but there was an episode that I did that really got into the nitty gritty on uh, home value appreciation where we tracked the median price point for different homes. Um, and some of them were uh, were appreciating in some areas 15 to 20 percent uh, per year, which is which is crazy. But that's not out of the question for this area. Um, and again, I'm not going to rehash all of that we talked about that. But everyone wants to know, right? As part of this whole buy low, sell high conversation, everyone wants to know what the next big area in the upstate is going to be from the standpoint of exponential appreciation. So we know that the upstate, you know, is appreciating well. If you want to buy a home in in the east side of Greenville, you know, you're probably going to see annually 5 to 10% appreciation like pretty consistently. But what are the areas that are like really up and coming where we're going to see more of those 15 to 20% Uh, rates of appreciation in home values and where you can, you know, buy a home really cheap now, but then sell it for three or four times what you bought it for this year, sell it for three or four times that in just a few years where you might actually see, you know, even significantly greater than 15 to 20% appreciation. Well, again, that's hard to predict um, at the end of the day. Now, we know that there are some depressed areas that seem likely to improve in the future. When I say depressed, um, I just mean areas where homes, you you see a much larger percentage of homes that need significant repairs, properties where there are landlords that aren't uh, updating their houses, properties that have been in a family for a really long time, they've been vacant for 20 years. Uh, There are several areas like that. And you can kind of reverse engineer which areas are the ones that are likely to uh, to t- to at some point improve in-, in the near future, just based on their location, if they're close to downtown Greenville in one way or another, um, or close to other areas that are being revitalized, then they will probably at some point flip to some type of exponential appreciation. So you know, some areas that come to mind are the Donaldson Center area, um, the Poe Mill area of Greenville. Um, there are actually parts of Overbrook that I would consider, um, you know, that would fit that description, parts of the White Horse Road Corridor. Um, and you might even consider some parts of Malden and uh, and some parts of Taylor's in there. Taylor's is an interesting one. Well, Malden as well. Um, there are a lot of homes there that, you know, people moved in them, um, you know, 40 years ago, when they were in their 40s or 50s. And now, you know, those people are getting older, they're starting to to sell them off, uh, they haven't been able to do updates to those homes in a very long time. And, and now they're starting to get sold. And now those areas are starting to that that already aren't bad areas, but they're starting to be revitalized, um, even in spite of that to to kind of take that next leap. So we can read the tea leaves on, on some of those things. Um, we can, you know, read the tea leaves by uh, by looking at uh, you know what areas are are getting the most amount of of money dumped into them, whether that's money from the city or the county or the state uh money from developers, you know what areas have predominantly absentee owners in them you know some of these things can help us to identify what those next up and coming areas are, but at the end of the day, again, is that really necessary? I would argue that there, there can be some value in that. There's certainly some some value in that. I own a property in the Poe Mill area that I think will be extremely valuable in years to come, um, and it's doing fine as a rental property. Um, I could probably sell it and make a good bit of money versus what I bought it for a few years ago, but, but why would I? I feel like that's an up-and-coming area um, at some point down the road. Um, so there is some value in that if you're planning to hold on to something for a really long time, but I don't think it's really necessary, and and in a lot of uh, in a lot of ways it might not even be feasible. Uh, again, to try to time the market, uh, and from not just from the standpoint of the macro market, how is the the macro real estate market going? But trying to time the market in terms of identifying those areas, those high upside areas that um, are really cheap right now. I mean, it's, again, it's pretty obvious. You can find pretty easily the areas where homes in Greenville County are selling cheaply. If that's your strategy, if you just want to roll the dice with just buying cheap properties and waiting for exponential appreciation to happen to them, it's it's not hard to figure out what those areas are. Um, but we already know in general that, The upstate as a whole, regardless of of those areas, appreciates consistently over time. We already discussed that even in in this episode. And again, you can go back and listen to my episode where I specifically dealt with appreciation. Um, But in in my opinion, the way to buy low isn't to try to time the market or to try to just buy those cheap areas um, that are perhaps depressed and are going to appreciate over time, Um, but Instead, you need to identify what the opportunities are right now. There are opportunities right now in this market that don't just involve you purchasing the cheapest possible properties in in the areas that may appreciate exponentially in the future. Obviously, there are always opportunities out there, people that are selling below the market for one reason or another. I always tell people, when, for instance, a multifamily property comes on the market, almost always there is something wrong with it. almost always, because people don't typically sell multifamily in our area. there's some there's got to be something wrong with it. either needs work uh, done on it, or it's got a tenant that you know is causing issues or whatever the case may be. And so those can be opportunities, what we might call value add opportunities where you can purchase something below the market and improve it. And, and see greater appreciation in that property than what you invest into it. There's always people out there. This is, you know, we talked about in previous episodes about wholesalers. Wholesalers specialize in identifying motivated sellers, people that um, don't want to go through the whole process of, of listing their home on the open market. They just want to have a smooth, easy transaction. They're willing to sell the house for much less than what they uh, much less than what they uh, could sell it for on the open market because they get something in return a smooth transaction um, something that they don't have to 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 manage and worry about they don't have to clean the home for showings etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, Additionally, I, I think that um, it's important to accept that at least for the immediate future I think the values of the upstate will continue to appreciate there's no reason, to think that values won't appreciate the way they have in the past because that's being driven by supply and demand. And uh, demand's not going away anytime soon. We have plenty of people wanting to move to the upstate of South Carolina, and the people that are here, uh, they're by and large not looking to leave. And supply, you know, we do see more developers, more builders, trying to uh, pull out permits to build in this area, uh, but we've got a long way to go before there's going to be more supply. We we need a lot more supply. We've talked about the housing affordability crisis in this area. We need those builders um, way more than what we currently have lined up. So uh, all that to say, I don't see any major risk in, um, in appreciation dropping off anytime soon. And so that means that it's less important to try to time the market. You, you try to time the market when you're unsure of the future. You need to, to be very careful. Okay, I've got to be very careful that I buy low so that I can sell high. We're in a market here where all indications are that as long as you don't buy extremely high, if you buy where the market is, you should be doing fine uh, several years from now as the market just continues to appreciate at its normal rate. Um, another consideration, of course, when you're trying to uh, to time these things, and, th- and this is a little bit more of a timing-based thing, is mortgage interest rates. Now, we've talked about this as well uh, on several episodes, but they have been for several months now at historically low rates. Again, we're here in the middle of February twenty one. Mortgage interest rates are ridiculously low, and it's a good bet that they will never go lower, um, and 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 may never go back down to these levels again. I would be shocked to ever see thirty-year loans go below three percent. Again, it's possible. We we are in uh, very strange times in terms of of how the government acts, but it would it would be surprising to me. It's a it's definitely a historical anomaly. Um, and so that can be a good indicator when to buy as well. If you're able to to buy a property that you're planning to hold for a long time and you get a ridiculously low interest rate, then you're able to buy more home for less money. it's it's very simple and you're able to main to keep that interest rate um, for as long as you uh, have that house and as long as you have that loan. That's a great way to uh to uh invest your money in my opinion as a non-financial counselor um now uh some of course will mention that when mortgage rates are low usually uh prices go up the prices for homes as the market kind of balances out and that's true to an extent um but here here's the thing uh we need to to caution on that way of thinking because Different parts of the country have different real estate markets. And, and what we've seen here in the upstate is that while that is true, we did see prices really go up last year when interest rates went down. But what we haven't seen is as interest rates creep back up, which uh, up until last year during COVID, they had been creeping quite a bit up um, from the previous time that they had bottomed out. We don't see prices go down. And again, it's a supply and demand thing. So, what I don't expect is, okay, so prices went up in 2020 due to very low mortgage rates. Presumably those rates, those mortgage rates will go up as this year goes on. We're not going to see prices go down. We should not expect that there is no data to indicate that the cost of housing will lower as in, as mortgage interest rates go up. That, is, that would be a, an extreme historical anomaly for the upstate. Nobody is predicting that that's going to happen. You can expect that prices are going to continue to go up regardless of what happens with mortgage interest rates. Um, it's just that when rates are low, those prices are going to go up a little bit faster than they normally would. Um, but in general, a home that you can buy right now in February of 2021 is going to cost you less than it will cost in February of 2022. So if you can get it for less than you would next year, and you can get a low mortgage rate, do the math yourself. To me, in most instances, if, if you're looking to make a purchase, whether as an investor or whether as an owner-occupant, sooner is going to be better than later, generally speaking. Of course, everyone's situation is different. If you want to discuss your situation in more detail, obviously, that's where you can reach out to me with my contact information uh, that's in the show notes. Um, but I would just say this. If you're in real estate in the upstate for the long haul, whether it's as an investor, whether it's as an owner-occupant, you really don't have a lot of value in attempting to wait for the market to flip, to try to time the market. Because you're you're probably, again, we've talked about this a little bit, but you're going to end up waiting for a really long time. You're probably going to end up um, buying too soon. You're not going to buy when the market has bottomed out. You're going to see the market flip to a buyer's market and immediately start to buy. And then when it flips back to a seller's market, you're going to immediately start to sell and, and you'll never buy at the lowest point of the buyer's market. You'll never sell at the highest point of the seller's market. It is very, very challenging to predict those things on a real estate level. It's much more challenging, in my opinion, than it is uh, when it comes to the stock market. There are clearer indicators uh, when it comes to company stocks than there are when it comes to houses. A better option, in my opinion, is to take advantage of the opportunities in front of you. Is there a good opportunity, whether it is a good investment, whether it is a good house for your family. Take advantage of that. There is no virtue. There is almost certainly not going to be any value. You're not going to win out by waiting. Uh, and, And you can be confident, almost certainly, based on the data that's out there, that the property that you purchase, as long as you don't overspend, it will end up being a good investment. And again, I. As a realtor, I try to help my clients to make sure that they don't overspend. I'm very honest. I spend more time talking my clients out of purchasing properties than I spend trying to talk them into it. That's the way I run my business. I try to be as transparent and as honest as possible. I feel like that's the best way uh, for me to do business. I, I think another consideration is, uh, is this, and this is particularly for owner-occupants, It's that the-, the market often appreciates Linearly. Okay, Uh, in other words, we don't see like, uh, you know, homes that are in this price point up to a certain price, but uh, let's just call them middle class homes, we don't see like, more expensive middle class homes appreciating at a lesser rate than cheaper middle class homes. Generally, it appreciates kind of in the same straight line, like for instance, if $200,000 homes are appreciating at about 10%. Uh, in a given year, probably three hundred thousand dollar homes are also appreciating at around the same rate. And and what I hear frequently is people will say, uh, "Well, you know what? This market is too crazy right now. I'm going to wait for this market to settle down uh, before I, you know, before I move." For instance, I mean, obviously, I work with a lot of investors as well. But let's talk about owner occupants. I've heard some people say, "You know what? I want to move. We're going to move in the next few years, but." I want to wait until this market settles down. This is just too crazy. I'm not going to get into bidding wars. I'm not going to, you know, uh, deal with all these situations where there's highest and best offers, all this crazy stuff. I'm just going to let the market settle down a little bit. And you know what? I've got a home uh, that I have to sell. And as even though next year, the homes that, you know, if the market settles down, the homes that I'll be looking at will have grown in value. My home also will have grown in value. Uh, well, here's the problem with that. If you're if you're moving into a more expensive home, or if you're an investor and you're looking to sell a cheaper investment to buy a more expensive one, you're going to end up uh, spending more and paying more by waiting. Because if, if you've got a $200,000 home that appreciates by 10%, then over the course of a year, then it appreciates $20,000 versus if you're looking to buy a $350,000 home that you would move into... That's going to appreciate by $35,000. And so you'll end up losing $15,000 by waiting. Again, every situation is different. But most of the time, uh, people tend to not think logically when it comes to deciding whether to wait uh, to purchase or to, to make some type of a real estate acquisition versus doing it now. Odds are, generally speaking, if you think that you're going to make some type of real estate purchase in the next year it makes more sense to do that sooner than later and i'm not just saying that because i want more closings i promise you that is not why i'm saying it this is how i practice my business Uh, because you guys know if you've listened to other podcasts that i also invest in real estate and i jump on the opportunities when they arise i don't say you know what Mm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wait. This is too crazy. Yeah, the market's nuts right now. Okay? But that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm just going to wait for it to settle down. That doesn't make any sense. There are opportunities right now. And that's what I truly believe that everyone needs to understand and needs to recognize, that there are always opportunities right now to consider. And there's, yeah, maybe a bidding war doesn't feel nice, Maybe that's you know it's frustrating to to try to purchase several homes, and to and to end up losing out on them uh, because of the bidding war types of situations. And you know me as a realtor, I don't like spending time uh, putting writing a bunch of offers that end up getting rejected because it's it's just a crazy market right now. But that's just the way it is. That is the way the market is right now and we don't have any indication that that's going to really change anytime soon and in the absence of that I think that that we need to push forward and deal with the with the yucky feelings of having offers rejected that's what I have to do as a realtor Um, and you know I put in a ton of offers on investment properties that have that I've been outbid on as well it's just the way it works you it's it's like fishing you you put your line out there you just need to get one fish to bite on it and a bunch of them will pass by the line but you only need that one and uh and that's the way it works that's what we're that's what we're looking for um but trying to wait it out and trying to time it and trying to say you know let's just wait until the market calms down settles down um you're gonna be waiting for a while uh, and and you're gonna find that home prices, that property prices, that investment property prices, by the time you finally determine that the market has slowed down to your liking, now the market is gonna be way more expensive. Um, and so you have to to pick your poison. The poison that I pick is to, and what I recommend is to go for the opportunities now, and just understand that it is. A seller's market is a wild market. You have to take that into consideration, and just move forward with uh with putting your best shot in there, with taking it seriously, with not lowballing offers, <laughs> uh, because you can't do that in a seller's market typically. And if you can, I'll let you know. I did have some clients that we were able to get some lowball offers under contract uh, last year, despite the crazy market. Um, There are some opportunities like that, and I can help to identify that. And that's where I come into the equation, right? I'm able to help identify where the opportunities are. I'm able to help you to not have to time the market. That is a lot of the value of what I tried to bring as a realtor is so that you don't have to be like, okay, well, when is the right time to strike? Well, there may always be a, The, the right time to strike is when the right time to strike is, is when the property that fits your criteria comes on the market. Um, and and per, for some people, you know, I have that discussion where it's just like, you know what, what you're looking for, and, and at the price point that you're looking for at it, for it at, um, you're not gonna find that. So maybe you you just need to decide, hey, I'm we're just not gonna buy that investment property that doesn't exist. We're not we're not gonna buy that. Uh, that new house—it doesn't exist. Sometimes that is just the reality of the situation, and those people—they um, might find themselves in stuck, you know, in paralysis analysis, analysis paralysis, whatever the whatever the phrase is. Um, they might find themselves being frozen because they don't know what to do. They they can't figure out whether to. Uh, to pay more than what they feel comfortable paying because that's what they have to do in order to get the, the property that they want, or to just wait it out, which is a fool's errand because properties are going to keep going up in, in value. Again, where I come into the equation is that I can help to identify the opportunities and to help filter things and to give you an honest, as much as I can, non-biased assessment on uh, where the market is and how that fits into what you're looking to do, whether it's add to your rental portfolio or whatever the case may be. So if you're in the market for anything, let me know. All my contact information, once again, is in the show notes. I'm happy to help you guys out with anything. Let me know. I hope you guys stay safe and have a good rest of the week.